Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Vesas Hashem, Shalom Bayashir, number 352. And today we are continuing from the great, wonderful book called 10 Really Dumb Mistakes That Very Co- Smart Couples Make by Ben Rabbi ben and Schaefer. And today we're going to discuss the mistake number four. And the mistake number four is forgetting that respect comes first. And the scenario he brings down, the first scenario is a young couple is walking down the street and he trips and immediately she says, oh, are you okay? Are you hurt? That's scenario one. Scenario two, same man and woman walking down the street and he trips and this time her response is, what's wrong with you, you big klutz? What's the difference between the two scenarios? Usually, <laughs> the first one when they were chasen and kala. And the second one, and they're married already for three years. It sounds, you know, one of these Sheva Brachas Tyrus that are really not nice. Unfortunately, it, it's, it's the reality of real life. That's the fourth real dumb mistake. The Rambam brings down that A man needs to honor his wife more than himself and then to love her as he does himself. And then he brings down that they command that a woman to honor her husband exceedingly, to have a certain awe, and he should be in her eyes like a prince, and so on. And that's the way of daughters of Israel and sons of Israel who are whole and pure, uh, pure and in these ways it will be pleasant and praiseworthy. This is um, Rambam, Yada Chazaka, Hilchas Ishas, Perak Tesvav, Halacha Yutes, and Halacha Chaf. So the Rambam here is telling you the formula for marriage. Honor your wife more than yourself. Love her as much as yourself. The wife, treat your husband with exceeding amounts of honor. So what is he saying here? Let's go on the husband's role now, first. He says first, honor her more than he honors herself. And then he writes, love her as he does herself. And be medayik on the seder. Benzin Schaefer brings a very, very important ta'ara here. Honoring her comes first. Love comes second. And that seems strange. We just talked in the last two shiurim how love is the glue of marriage. And without that, the relationship will, will fall apart. So why is the Rambam putting kavod, honor first? Now, the first thing to, to realize is that the love we talk about in the last two shiurim is not the same love that's the Hollywood love or the secular love. Most of the word e- world equates the word love, and they don't mean love, they mean lust, they mean desire, they mean infatuation. Desire and physical attractions are indeed powerful driving forces. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made it to bring a husband and wife together. They're tools they're a catalyst, but they're not an end in and of itself. The goal is to bring the deep connection and attachment and real commitment, which is love. And attraction may, may um, bring them towards each other, but that's not what love is. Desire can bring a couple closer. Even physical, sexual desire can bring a couple closer. But that also is not love. Even romantic love, the world's romantic love, that's not actual love when they're possessive. I want her. No one else can have her. She's mine. 
That's the world's romantic love. That's not what real love is, or what we call romantic love in the previous year, and that's not what we mean. Real love is about giving, taking care of her. I want the best for that one that I love. So we so misuse the word love that it lost all its meaning. The famous story, you know, first, you know, you love your car. No, you love yourself. I love pizza. No, you love yourself. I love jogging. I love New York. You know, we say all these things. We love ourselves in relation to that. The famous story, Yudalev Chasman, he brings down, saw Talmud eating fish with a geschmack. He says, I see you love fish. And he says, yeah, I love fish. And uh, Label Chasman says, you don't love fish. If you love the fish, you dress it up, you take care of it, you make sure it's well fed. You love yourself, so you're eating the fish. So that's people mistaken anyway what love is. When a couple falls in quote-unquote love, what's happening there in most cases? The man is seeing the woman as something, somebody that will meet his needs, his sexual, physical needs, his emotional needs. A woman sees the man, same idea, meet her physical needs, her emotional needs, maybe some money. And they are seeking gratification in one another. And they call that love. They believe this person will provide it for them, so they love them, quote-unquote. Because they're focused on what they're getting. That's not real love. Love is giving. Love is being concerned with one another. Love means actual bonding, connecting, caring, being devoted, loyal, not because I gain pleasure from it. Now, if you gain pleasure from it and you express a karasatayiv and that helps you along, but in a healthy perspective. But the key really is, is to love them not because you desire them, quote-unquote, but I truly wish the best for them. I want what's good for her. I'm there for her. And that's basically what it is. So you see this real love with older couples. Older couples or let's say the 50s as an example, or 60s as an example, okay? So they're not where they are at in 60, 70, or 80. They, they don't look anymore like they did when they were 25. But they have all the tools that they, that they used, and they accomplished their goal. They meld as one. They're dedicated, love to each other. They're filled with an inner connection. He brings a very sad story here. He brings a sad story where... Um, a man, this is the elderly people, a man visited, an older man, let's say in his 70s, visited a nursing home every day to visit his wife, who was suffering from dementia, no, no longer recognized him. And he went there every morning, spent most of the day with her, caring for her, helped her for, with her needs, be uh, there for her. And he was asked, well, why are you spending so much time when she doesn't even recognize who you are? And he said, how can I not be for there for her? She spent a lifetime taking care of me. And he continued to do this five years until she ultimately died. That's what real love is. And yeah, when you're younger and you have the physical needs and emotional needs met and all that, it's beautiful. But never forget what the real tachlis of it is. It's the giving, it's the caring, it's the devotion, it's the commitment. It's not what you're receiving. Husband and wife... That's, that, that's your whole life. Your dreams, your aspirations together. Hazal talk a lot about this. The closest connection between two people is between a husband and wife, and that's why it is the most delicate. It's something that's 
comes needs more work because by a mother to her child it's natural, father to child it's natural, siblings, there's a certain sibling connection that could be there. Um, but with, with a husband and wife, they were strangers until the point where they finally met. They were full, mature, developed individuals before you actually met. Most, most of the time, a year before the wedding, you don't even know, you, never knew, you didn't know who this person was even. Never met them, never saw them, knew nothing about them, weren't connected. And now there's a ban that's stronger. You fell in love and now you're here forever. But it's not a fairy tale. It's not live, in ha- live happily ever after. It is a commitment, a real commitment that requires work and devotion, but it could be very joyous. But it still requires a lot of devotion and a lot of hard work. It's not automatic like it is between parents, children, siblings. It needs effort. It depends a lot on how a couple interacts with one another. And if their relationship is good, it gets stronger and stronger. If it falters, unfortunately, it withers because it's very sensitive. They each have expectations. And it's very important to realize that when the expectations are not meant and you're disappointed, not to think automatically, my spouse doesn't care about me. You feel that way because you're so connected and you're vulnerable. So when you're hurt, it's very hurtful because you're so close. But you need to catch yourself and repair whatever damage there is right away. And when you're close, you can do that. That is the real key. We're human beings. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to hurt each other. But our key is, is we're close enough to catch ourselves, not to allow the relationship to spiral downward. We're going to catch ourselves. I was hurt. You were hurt. We both were insensitive to each other. But we apologize. We make amends and we work hard to move up again. We don't let it spiral down. We're going to treat this with respect, with dignity, with a special specialness. And the way he explains it, Reverend Sin Schaefer, is that Hashem wants marriages to work, so he gave us tools. He gave us tools. So this romance, again, I don't mean the secular romance, I mean the healthy, terror-based type of romance, is necessary to bring that spark out. Desire is important. Physical attraction is important. Physical intimacy is important. But again, the key really is, is that emotional love connection between the two. And here is where respect comes in, that fourth rule. If you don't respect your, your husband or wife, then you can't be dedicated to them. You could be attracted to them. That means I'll use you. I'll, I'll get what I could get out of you. But to dedicate, my, dedicate myself to make you better, you need not just whatever that love is, you need a deep-seated respect. That is why the Rambam says COVID first, respect first. Yes, love is the glue to marriage, but you have to first respect your husband or wife. And that's the tool that bonds, and it's also that dhamma to love. You want to have true love, you have to have respect first. If the respect decays, the love will decay. If there's no respect, the love will not have a kiem. Love cannot exist without the respect. The Rambam is saying this in that order, COVID and Ahava. You can't have that Ahava if you don't have that COVID first. The respecting each other is something that they need to focus throughout marriage. And he brings, and I'm, again, my purpose here is not, I want you to buy this book. I'm promoting it. 
you each should buy this book as I'm saying this. So I'm not going to say he brings from, from his Rebbe, his Rosh Hashiva, some, some examples. You know, we're not here to quote word to word his book. We're just saying a lot of it and the main points. You should buy it anyway regardless because it, it requires Chazara and a lot of people read it. They could read it on Shabbos time and other times and it really could solidify many, many marriages. Part of the problem with respect also, we realize, is that we don't have it at home where we treat each other worse than we treat strangers. He said, he said once from a Batchen, the best tool for Shalom Bayis is the telephone. Why? Because the couple is fighting and screaming. Phone rings, she picks up the phone, everything changes. Hi, how are, how are you? Sure, absolutely, no trouble. Wonderful, thank you so much. And thank you so much for calling. All of a sudden, the tone, tune, tune changes, which shows something. It shows that there's a problem. We have to fight against disrespect. And he goes back to John Gottman. I can't stress this enough. That again, he I think is a from Jew, and he did this test studies all aligning with Chazal, and he was able to predict successes and failures of marriage that is based on the degree of contempt in the relationship. And he invites couples in a lab, discusses issues, monitors their responses. And what he found was very, very interesting. Listen to this carefully. That the way a husband and wife speak to each other is very different than the way they speak to strangers. So here's what he found. Now on this I'm going to quote word for word. Listen carefully. When a stranger offered a different opinion, that opinion was readily accepted more than when their spouse offered a different opinion. Additionally, if they didn't agree with the stranger's opinion, both spouses would argue less and were more polite to the stranger than when they disagreed with each other. And Gottman said that this whole held true for all marriages of all lengths of times, from newlyweds to couples married decades. We treat strangers with more respect than we do our own spouse. This happens time and time again. It's the leading cause for divorce, a leading cause even if divorce is not in the picture for failing shalom bias. You treat your husband or your wife worse than you treat other people. That needs to stop. And that stops by having and learning and developing respect. Day in and day out, day in and day out. And, you know, sometimes like it says, one of them says to the other, this is the stupidest thing I ever heard and don't be ridiculous. In a vacuum, you think they hate each other. The truth is, is they really love each other. They're fond of each other. But without even realizing it, these words are eroding the relationship. When a husband offers an opinion and the, and the wife shoots it down or vice versa, you're basically saying, I don't respect your opinion. I don't respect your perspective. I don't respect you. I don't care about what you think. I don't cherish you. And when respect falls, love falls. So the fourth Dumb mistake is forgetting that respect comes first. Now, he makes a disclaimer here that we brought down when we talked about in Rabbi Friedlander's Kuntras and the Chazaynish. That doesn't mean that a husband and wife, respect doesn't mean formal. It doesn't mean like a formality, like you're in a, a, a Buckingham Palace, you know? Yes, sir. No, sir. Here, sir. You have a, it, there has to be a, Fondness, what he calls a callus, not callus reish, but a callus, a, a, a congeniality, a warmth. So it doesn't have to be formal. You could be at ease. 
but you could still talk to each other with respect, even if you're familiar with one another. It it's harder. It's similar lahavdal to what we say when some people the goyim that hop this and they say, you know, you come to our churches, they don't say a peep, and over here I come to your synagogue and people are talking, and the and and no one should talk in shul. So I'm not, you know just answering that it's okay. But what you could answer, though, is is very easy. You know, you go once a year, twice a year. We're there three times a day, and for a long period of time, and Shabbos Yonta for hours. Try doing what we do, and be in shul so often, so often, and also treat it the same way. Now, I know it's not an excuse, but it's understandable that when you're familiar with something, the respect level goes a little down, and that's why it seemed to be that in COVID, the real height of COVID, when a lot of people did not daven in shul, a lot of Rabbanim noticed it and people noticed it, is that when finally it was opened again, people came to shul for the first few weeks. There was a tremendous derech for the Beis HaKnesses. They, did, they, they, they realized, unfortunately, it slipped back and we take it a little for granted again. But in those few weeks, they realized how precious it is. And those who used to talk in shul decided not to talk in shul to treat it with more derech because they realized what they were missing. In marriage, similarly, because of the routine, we tend to lower our respect level, and we have to fight against it like fire. Part of it also, he explains, and I'm not going to go into detail, that the culture itself is a very, very uh, non-respectful culture in the world, and it's seeped into us. So the key is, you don't make fun of each other, you don't mock each other, you don't make jokes at each other's expense, even if it's funny. And even if you think your spouse doesn't mind, and even if she laughs along and he laughs along, you want to make like a humbling, funny remark, you could do it on yourself, but not on your husband or wife. That you don't do. We'll end off with one story that he does bring that uh, Ben Sien Shafi brought, brought a young couple to the Rosh Hashiva. I think he means for Henech Leibowitz. And they were married for less than a year, and their relationship was deteriorating. Rosh Hashiva asked to see both of them, spoke to them briefly. Then he asked the husband to step outside, and he spoke to the wife. He asked the wife to step outside, and he spoke to the husband. The whole session lasted less than an hour, and that meeting changed the direction of their marriage. All of a sudden, turned upward. And what was the mystical secret that the Rosh Hashiva did? He didn't do anything mystical. He knew the person, and he understood what it was. And what happened was, is like this. The young man was a successful person in yeshiva, a masman of Talmud Chacham. He thought very highly of himself, a little, maybe a little too highly. And he married a fine woman that he felt was not on his level. And the Rosh Hashiva spoke to the young woman. And then he called the husband back in and said, I see what a hush of a young woman. I'm very impressed with your wife. Very, very impressed with her. And he asked the man a few questions. And he repeated this again. I'm very impressed with her. Extremely impressive wife you have. And he heard those words from his Rebbe. What a hush of a young woman he married. And that changed the image of her. That little change in perception changed his behavior towards her. Now she was always that hush of a wife. Even when he thought that she wasn't. That's the main nakud I'm trying to say. But that, what the Rosh Hashiva built her up, and he meant it for real too, and he doesn't say this in the book, but it's very clear. It's not like he was playing games. 
He wasn't playing a, a monopoly game, a manipulative game. He saw the woman and she, he taka saw the Rosh Hashiva. She is a hush of a woman. He told the husband, the Emes, you have a special wife. But hearing it from his Rebbe put her up a higher notch than he had it in her mind, his mind till then. And that changed the marriage. We could do this without a Rosh Hashiva telling us this. To realize that our wife, my wife, is a very hush of a person, special person. My husband is a very special person. Respect comes first. Respect comes first. You could work on love, romantic love too, and all these other aspects. But there has to be respect, mutual respect between the two of you. You could be familiar with one another, but not take that for granted. The respect always needs to be there. Brach and